a harp of six strings. That's the title for the message today, a harp of six strings. David wrote this psalm out on the hillside around Bethlehem, minding his father's sheep. And of course, David no doubt would have taken his harp and would have played from his harp. And the Bible tells us that he not only played the harp uh, when he was keeping the sheep, but he played the harp in the palace to King Saul when Saul was depressed. And folks, good music can be uplifting when you are depressed. It could be, could be Christian music, could be hymn music, or it could be classical music. But some kind of soothing music that helps you. So don't you let the devil tell you, oh, it's wrong to listen to that kind of music. And you can't listen to, to any other kind of music, only Christian music. It's not true. Now, I'm not telling you to, to listen to pop music or rock music or heavy metal. Definitely not. That'll not help you. That'll harm you. But uh, if it soothes you, if it's music that relaxes you and it helps you to focus on the Lord, you do it. And uh, it might be harp music. Harp music is very relaxing music. And no doubt as King Saul listened to young David play the harp, it soothed his troubled mind. But you know, David took his pen one day and he began to play sweet music with his pen. And it's here in Psalm 23. A harp of six strings. You see, there are six verses in Psalm 23 and that's the six strings of the harp that I want to talk to you about today. Let's come to this lovely psalm. You know, folks, the names of the Lord are in this psalm. The compound names of Jehovah are in this psalm. So we're going to play the harp today with, with our words. Now, I'm not very musical. In fact, the only musical instruments that I have are uh, I have a couple of drums in my ears, and that's about as musical as I get. Um, and maybe I'm sure some of you are far more musical than I am today. But let's, let's play the harp, as it were, with our words today and our thoughts. And listen to this sweet music from Psalm 23. So what about the first string of the harp? The first string of this beautiful psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There you have Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, the name of the Lord, it's found in Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Your provider. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who provides everything that we need. So whatever you're going through today, he will provide for you. As long as you are his child and you're seeking to follow him. Even though you don't follow him perfectly, and the reality is that none of us follow him perfectly, but if we have a desire to follow him, 
then he'll provide for us as we as we follow him. Now we might trip and stumble as we follow him. We are often we do that. But we get back up again. See, that's what it's all about, folks. It's not about uh, you know, it's some people have the idea, oh, we just sail through life and it's just all plain sailing. No, there's times when we we stumble. But the problem would, would come whenever we just lie there. If you stumble and fall as a Christian, get up again. And that will prove that you are a true Christian. If you lie there for the rest of your days, that will prove you're not a true Christian. The mark of a true Christian is that even... The mark of a true Christian is not that they never stumble. The mark of a true Christian is that when they do stumble, they rise up and they get up. And in fact, it's the Lord who helps them up. For that's what Psalm 37 tells us. And we follow the Lord and he provides for us. Jehovah Jireh is there. Whatever you need, whatever I need... He will be there to supply it for us. He will supply our every need. Everything that we need shall be provided for us. I didn't say everything we want. Because the Lord doesn't give us everything we want. Sometimes I want things that are not good for me. Spiritually. I might want things, but the Lord, who, who's light years ahead of me, I know he's, he's, his ways are so much higher than my ways. He, he knows far better than I do what I need. And he says, Jonathan, that's not going to help you. It's going to hinder you. So I'm not giving it to you. But everything that, that I need, everything he knows that I need that will be helpful in my spiritual walk, he will provide for me. And everything I need to serve him in this world, in this vile world, he will provide for me. And the same goes for you as well, every one of you. What's your need today? Says you, how long have you got? You could take a pen, paper and write down a long list. Well, if you're his child today, if you've, been, if you've been washed in his blood and you're born again, he will provide it for you. It doesn't matter how long the list is. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Don't you love that little word, all? All your need? Not some of your need? Oh, the devil tells you, the Lord, now he'll, I'll give you that and I'll give you the other thing. But now that's, no, he's not able to supply that need. That's impossible. Well, the devil's a liar. And the father of lies. Don't listen to him. The Lord will provide for you today. If you need to talk about something, if you need a visit, you know where to come. You've got my number. I'm happy to call. Just you mention. 
But I'll just be, all I'll do is tell you about the shepherd who can provide for you. Jehovah Jireh. And then verse 2. We've got the second string on David's harp of six strings. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Here is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord my peace. You see, folks, peace is not a thing. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. He is our peace. A whole lot of people are chasing after things in the Christian life. I don't want things. I want him. It's Christ I want. Because when I get Christ and when I have Christ, I have everything I need. I have it all. It's all in him. People chasing and gadding about after it. Oh, I want it. I want this experience. I want that experience. I want the other experience. You can keep them. I want him. And if I have him in life and in death, I'll be happy. If I have the shepherd, the one who provides for me, the one who is my peace, that's all I need. I tell you, this is sweet music, folks, isn't it? Uh, Don't you like the harp music here? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. What a peaceful scene we have here. Jehovah Shalom with his people. The one who is our peace. The one who purchased peace at Calvary by his blood. That was the price he paid that we might have peace with God. That we might be at peace with God. The third string here, verse 3, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Jehovah Rophe, that's the name in the Hebrew, the name of the Lord. It means the Lord my healer. Exodus 15, verse 26, I am the Lord that healeth Thee, the Lord does heal. He doesn't heal in every situation. Sometimes he chooses not to heal. Sometimes he chooses to take his people home to heaven. And that's far better healing, isn't it? But sometimes in mercy he does heal. I've got a sore throat at the minute. I'd be thankful if the Lord healed me of that. But at the same time, I'm thankful for Fisherman's Friend, because that helps the throat. But the Lord is the healer. Now, we're not into the name it and claim it business. We don't tell the Lord to heal. That is blasphemy. But most churches do it, especially the modern ones that are springing up like mushrooms. Mushrooms. 
Oh, just name it and claim it. The Lord's your genie in the bottle. Whatever you want, you just tell him to do it. And he'll do it. He'll do your bidding. No, it's thus they got it the wrong way round. We do his bidding. He doesn't do our bidding. We do his bidding. The Lord our healer. So we'll be here tonight at half past six to pray for healing. We'll be here on Thursday evening at 7.30 to pray for healing. So if you need healing, well then why don't you come along and join us and we'll pray for you. Or if you know of someone else who needs healing, then you you come and uh, and you pray for them or you say, Pastor, so-and-so would need the Lord's touch. But you know, there's a more important kind of healing than physical healing. And it's spiritual healing. And the psalmist speaks of that here as he strums this third string of the harp. Notice the first four words. He restoreth my soul. He healeth my soul. That's what the psalmist is saying. The body is temporal. The soul is eternal. So guess which is the most important, folks? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? You don't need a PhD to work it out. The soul, the part you can't see. Most people spend their lives uh, looking after the thing they can see, the body. But it's going to be carried to the grave someday. And worms are going to eat it. But the soul will live on. Tell me this, has the Lord restored your soul? If you have fallen, you're a child of God, but you have fallen, he can restore your soul. Often I have to get before the Lord and say, Lord, now I need you to restore my soul. But then I would be in good company. And if you have to do that, then you're in good company as well. You're in the company of the man who wrote this psalm, David. Boy, I tell you, David had to say, Lord, restore my soul. Heal my soul, Lord. Lord, I've made a man drunk. I put the booze to his lips, Lord. And Lord, I gave the orders to to the the, the commander-in-chief. I said, put this soldier at the front in the most dangerous area of the battlefield. Lord, restore my soul. What came over me? And Lord, the soldier died. Lord, I'm a murderer. I've blood on my hands, Lord. Restore my soul. Lord, I'm an adulterer. I've committed adultery. I lay with the man's wife. Lord, restore my soul. Forgive me. Lord, I was lazing about on the the roof of the palace 
when they should have been fighting the battle with the other soldiers. Idleness, Lord, forgive me for my idleness. He restoreth my soul. Do you think he restored David's soul? I think he did. In fact, I know he did. Do you think he'll restore your soul and my soul, believer, when we go astray? I've no doubt he will. He does. He's the great healer. So the first three strings on this harp, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rophe. He's our provider, he's our peace, he's our healer. Well, now let's move on to the fourth string. We'll strum it for a wee minute or two. (coughs) Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Here we have Jehovah Ezer. It literally translates as the Lord my helper. The Lord my helper. Didn't we think last Sunday morning about Ebenezer? Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So it's kind of nearly the same word today. The Lord who who helps us. Jehovah Ezer. He helps us when it comes to the hour of death. When When we go down into the valley of the shadow. You see he's there in the in the valley. He'll be waiting for us. He waits there patiently for every one of his sheep, does the shepherd. Every one of them. And he loses none of them. And notice that it says, through. Yea, though I walk through. When we come to the river of death, we will go through it. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and they shall not overflow thee. Uh, the Lord our helper will be there with us when we come to the valley of death. But then there are lots of valleys before we get to that valley. I mean, the Christian life is full of valleys. It's full of problems. It's full of stresses. It's full of heartaches. But that's what the the, the Bible tells us. I mean, sometimes we're kind of deluded. We have this misapprehension as Christians, probably because we listen to the devil. He says, oh, the Christian life is... All It's a bed of roses, no more problems. Just you become a Christian, and boy, that will solve all your problems. Again, he's a liar. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. There's that little all again. 
The Lord brings us through all the afflictions of life, all the problems of life. Whatever is afflicting you today, whatever is afflicting me, if we are his children, if our names are written in heaven, then he will bring us through every trial. Because he is our helper. Lean on him. Focus on him. Think about his power. Don't focus on the problem. Think about the God who's far bigger than the problem. Lean on him. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Here is the fifth string on this harp of six strings. And we have here the name Jehovah Nissi. Another one of the Lord's names that is hidden in Psalm 23. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner. Or we could say the Lord my standard or the Lord my flag, if you like. Jesus Christ is our flag. You hear about a lot of people who are loyal to the flag. The Union Jack or the Ulster flag. And it's good to be loyal to to the flag. It's good to be patriotic. It's good to love your country. It's scriptural. Contrary to what a lot of people today will tell you. Being patriotic is a positive thing. We should love our country. I mean the hymn writer said, Lord, while for all mankind we pray of every clime and coast, oh, hear us for our native land, the land we love the most. So it's good to be loyal to the flag and don't be ashamed of the flag. But let me ask you today, are you loyal to Christ? To Jehovah Nissi? Are you loyal to him? For if you're loyal to a flag down here, but you're not loyal to him, you'll only end up in hell. So what use is it to be loyal to a flag? But if you're loyal to a flag and you're loyal to him above all, then all will be well with your soul. So make sure you're loyal to him. And in the days ahead, we're going to need to be loyal to him. And there's going to be a sifting, I can tell you. And the Lord's going to, he's going to divide the people who are loyal to him and the people who know when the going gets tough, not really loyal to him. There's going to be a sifting. He's going to take his sieve and the wind of the Spirit's going to come and blow the chaff away. A lot of people loyal to a church or a denomination, but ultimately what matters is that we're loyal to Christ. Loyal to Jehovah Nissi. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
The Lord, our banner, will, will fight for us. We have been thinking this past week about fighting. Every Christian should fight spiritually for the Lord. Every one of us are to fight the good fight of faith. I can't help but think of W.P. Nicholson. He was one of a kind, but you know, there's one of Nicholson's sermons that's entitled, Fight, Sucker, Fight. <laughs> fight, Sucker, Fight. And Nicholson, in his own inimitable way, he was preaching that, that Christians are to get into the battle. Shall your brethren go to war and ye sit here idle? And as we fight Jehovah Nissi, he fights for us in the presence of our enemies. We've got a lot of enemies today, haven't we? As the church of Christ, as believers. And the more you stand for the Lord, the more enemies you'll have. By the way, just a wee heads up for you to make you aware of that. So don't be alarmed if people fall out with you. And people slander you. And people talk about you behind your back. Just let it run off you like water off a duck's back. It's a mark, it's a sign that you're fighting for the Lord. Well, let's come to the final string and strum it for a minute or two as we finish off. Verse number 6 of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. The psalmist here is describing now his eternal home where the Lord is, where Christ is. The man of Calvary is waiting for him in heaven. And the man of Calvary is waiting for every one of us in heaven. And we'll get there someday. Don't you worry about when. You just live for the Lord until he decides when the time is right to go there, to take you home. But I want you to notice there the little word all that appears in the first half of the verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy, the Lord's two sheepdogs that follow the sheep. Goodness, my how good he is. Our very breath is evidence of his goodness. The very fact that we're here today, the very fact that we've closed our back, we had a breakfast on the table this morning, is evidence of his goodness. Ah, his mercy. Don't we need mercy? We who deserve hell, we, des we who deserve his wrath, but he withholds it, he takes it away from us, and he lays it all on Christ. He pours his judgment out upon the Savior. And death and the curse were in our cup. O Christ was full for thee. But thou hast drained the last dark drop. Tis empty now for me. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Some of the days of my life. No, let me read it again. 
Goodness and mercy shall follow me most of the days of my life. Did I get it right? Not quite. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Are you having a good day today or a bad day? Goodness and mercy are still following you, child of God. Did you have a good day or a bad day yesterday? Maybe you say, boy, it was a complete mess. I was a miserable failure. Maybe tomorrow might be a hard day. But goodness and mercy, the two sheepdogs will still be there following on our track. And so through all the length of days, thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd, may I sing thy praise within thy house forever.